Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, welcome back to another episode of Self-Coaching. And I thought today would be a good time to kind of synthesize and bring together the various elements I talk about over the, the various few years of my self-coaching episodes and try to put them into a succinct list. So I've come up with what I call today the seven principles of self-coached healing. And I think if you have a handle on putting these all together, you get more of a, uh, as we say, a gestalt of everything that is contained in this concept of self-coached healing. Now, because of the importance of this podcast, and also because I don't want to be accused of prattling on incessantly, I've decided to make this a two-part episode. So with that, let us begin. So there are seven principles, and let me begin with principle number one. And that is that everybody has a legacy of insecurity. Now, if you've listened to my podcast or read my books, you know that for me, insecurity is the essence, the basis, the prima materia of why we struggle. So if you understand insecurity, you're really taking a look at the motor. You know, when we get anxious or we get depressed or when we just get bummed out, the motor, that which generates the conflict in us, the friction in us, is really tethered to our own insecurities and the projections of those insecurities. And insecurity, as I discussed last week, has a voice not a voice that you actually hear, but let's call it a voice because it's it's kind of how you talk to yourself, putting it more correctly, how you allow insecurity to infiltrate your mind and say things like, I can't, it's too hard, this is terrible, horrible, I just can't deal with it. Those thoughts are the thoughts and the voice of insecurity. And I call it a voice because we kind of listen to it. It just makes a little more sense to think that you're you're allowing yourself to listen to insecurity. And when you listen to insecurity, it can affect you. Now, it can only affect you if you embrace it. If you dismiss it, then it can't affect you. So if insecurity is rattling you with doubts, fears, pessimism, and you get on that bandwagon and embrace these thoughts, then you suffer. Now, everyone has insecurity, and that's why I say everyone has a legacy of insecurity. No one grows up in a world with perfect parents. We all have separations, loss. You know, there's just so many challenges that children face, and children are ill-equipped to handle these challenges. So we feel vulnerable. Human beings instinctually do not like to feel vulnerable. This is part of our survival apparatus. 
We protect ourselves from being vulnerable, from feeling out of control. So what do we do? Well, the child, or when you were growing up, developed some rather diffuse strategies. Strategies to control life. Maybe you worried. You were a little worrywart, or maybe you were a bit too meticulous and perfectionistic. Maybe you were avoiding um, confrontations. You kind of became shy and withdrawn. Maybe you were hostile and angry and kind of kept the other kids on the playground away from you just so you could feel more in control. But these strategies, as primitive as they were, become solidified over time. And these strategies of control begin to become habits of control. And it is the habits of insecurity that become reflexive. And I do encourage you to listen to last week's podcast. It's important to understand the child reflex. It's an old primitive reflex that was initiated and started by the need to control a vulnerable life that you experienced as a child. So it's important to understand that insecurity has its own voice. So it's critically important that you understand that you need to get in touch with the voice of insecurity versus the mature voice in you, the healthy, objective voice. And that's not such a leap as you may think. The healthy, mature voice deals with facts, circumstantial facts, life facts, not with emotional fictions. And that's the big difference. Insecurity will throw up at you various emotional fictions, that you can't handle certain things, that you must withdraw or retreat, that you must start to worry incessantly, wringing your hands, trying to figure out what's going to happen next week before it happens. This is the voice of insecurity that deals not with circumstantial or life facts, but with the fictions perpetrated by insecurity. Now, let me differentiate. Circumstantial stress, say you need to have surgery, or that you've lost your job, or that your relationship is on the rocks. These are actual circumstantial facts, and they will affect you. They will cause stress, some anxiety, acute anxiety, perhaps acute depression. And this is not what we're talking about, because circumstantial facts are transient. They come and they go. But the child reflex the voice of insecurity, that's a backdrop. That follows us. That's not specific to any one event. Anything can trigger the insecurity-driven response. So we go on through life chronically worrying, anticipating, ruminating, regretting. These are the manifestations of the backdrop of insecurity. So there's the healthy voice, then there's the voice of insecurity. The first principle stating that we all have this legacy of insecurity is to get in touch with that voice of insecurity. Who's talking in me right now? Is this me, my objective feeling about something, or, or is this my insecurity? Because insecurity exaggerates. It extrapolates. It builds mountains out of molehills. And that's precisely what the motor of insecurity can do. So if you are building mountains out of your molehills, then understand that's not necessarily you. 
Well, it is and it isn't. It is a part of you, the insecurity-driven habit in you, that insists that that molehill is a mountain. Every problem becomes catastrophic. You become frozen with fear, frozen with negativity. And these may be very simple things to an outside person saying, why are you getting so upset? Why are you letting that bother you? Because they have more of an objective view of the hysterical panic that you're going through, perpetrated by the insecurity. But you've lost perspective. Insecurity has taken you for a ride. You have embraced the voice and thoughts of insecurity. And now you have become contaminated by insecurity. So that's why principle number one is so important, because you need to first ground yourself in understanding that there, in a sense, there are two parts of you. There's the part of you that habituated, part of you that grew up trying to just defend yourself. And you did this by trying to control life. And these controlling strategies became habituated. And what happens when we try to control, and I should say over-control life, because there is good control, seatbelts, vitamins, things like that that are understandably important in our lives. But when it comes to insecurity, well, this is seeing danger in safe places. It is extrapolating a cough and assuming that you have cancer. It's the hysterical, irrational, reflexive thoughts of insecurity. So I mentioned the child reflex. And these thoughts are primitive. They have a childlike quality to them. And why is that? Well, because they were laid down early in life. And if you listen to yourself when you do fall prey to insecurity, it's kind of this whining, hysterical nature, this losing control, this fearful fretting, certainly not the mature you when you're not caught up in your insecurities. So just to sum up principle number one, insecurity is the basis of why we struggle. Getting in touch with the mechanisms of insecurity is essential because you need to start differentiating what's healthy in me, what's neurotic in me, and that is what is driven by insecurity. The reason this is so important, because what we want to accomplish with your self-coaching is to get you in a position to not embrace willy-nilly the thoughts of insecurity. We want you to be much more active in your thinking, to be able to override the irrationality of insecurity and replace it, insist on a more rational, healthy, mature view. Not easy. When you're caught in the throes of an insecurity-driven struggle, it is not easy to wrench yourself away and do something that your insecurity is saying is going to make you feel unsafe. We have to control life. We have to know what's coming around that. No, you need to realize after all this time that all of these insecurity-driven tendencies that you may have, they don't serve you. They hurt you. So it may feel a little risky to step apart from embracing those insecure thoughts because ostensibly it sounds like they're trying to protect you. Well, what if that happens? What will? It sounds like insecurity is just trying to keep you safe. But what it's doing is it's destroying your moment, your present. That's where you struggle. So even though you may try to justify and say, well, you know, worrying, it's, it's going to keep me safe. I'm going to know what's coming around the corner before it comes. I'll be ready. I'll be rehearsed. I'll know what to do. 
even though you could build an argument for your own insecurities, just keep in, keep in mind what hurts me, what serves me. If your present moment is wrought with struggle, psychological or otherwise, try to understand what is the role of insecurity. Are you being dragged along by insecurity? Are you in the back seat? Who's steering your life? That's why you need to get the concept in your mind that you need to kind of reinvent the wheel. Whereas insecurity was the backdrop that just affected you, now we've got to become more actively conscious. And we have to use the active consciousness of our mind to override that which is neurotically driven. So it takes a firm act of will at times. It may feel risky at times, but your own happiness depends on it. So let's move on to principle number two. Thoughts precede feelings, anxieties, and depression. I should include most emotional struggles. Now, when I say thoughts precede, keep in mind that the thoughts of insecurity, well, they're not always conscious. They are less than conscious. However, being less than conscious, they are retrievable. If we trace down where did that anxiety stem from? Where did that upset feeling come from? You could, you can get back to that reflexive thought, that hysterical thought, that childlike thought. But it is important for you to understand that the reason you're anxious, depressed, or struggling in your life is because the thoughts have preceded these conditions. Again, we come back to the insecurity-driven thoughts then generate the stress, the anxiety, the fears, the tension, the discomfort. That's why getting in touch with those thoughts are very, very critical. And you can't see yourself as a victim. Well, she called me a jerk, so of course I'm depressed. Wouldn't you be? Well, how about, see, now you got me upset. Are you satisfied? Always feeling like a victim. People can't make you get upset. You can allow someone to get under your skin, but by saying that you're the victim of life, you got me upset, that, that means you're powerless. That means people, things, situations, events, well, what's a guy or gal to do? You know, you're just a victim. You've got to realize that if you're suffering, you've got to ferret out the thoughts that are contributing to these feelings. And not only contributing, but fueling. So it is critically important, as you realize that thoughts precede your struggles, to just understand you're really not powerless. Most people that wind up in therapy, most people that struggle, feel powerless. They feel victimized. It's as if anxiety, depression, emotional struggle, it's as if this is an affliction like a disease. That's why I don't like the term mental illness, because an illness is something you catch. You don't catch anxiety. So whenever you feel powerless, at least begin to suspect that the motor behind that powerlessness is insecurity-driven thinking, these feelings that then promote your struggles. Okay, let's move on to principle number three. Anxiety, depression, emotional struggle, moods. These are often misguided attempts to try to control life. 
So an insecurity leaves you feeling vulnerable and helpless. Anxiety and depression, well, they're nothing more than a desperate attempt to regain control. And controlling life, as I said, is, you know, we don't want to feel vulnerable. And the reason I use the term misguided attempts to control life, because when insecurity paints the picture, then it's a neurotic picture of life, a distorted picture, a picture where you are the victim. And that fight-flight reaction, well, that's an, an instinctual survival mechanism. We want to be safe. So it's no wonder that these habits have become reinforced. The more insecure your background, probably the more need to control. Probably the end result, more of a neurotic response to life. Whereas the opposite is true. The more secure, intact, healthful childhood is less likely to have the very difficult and disabling experiences of neurosis. That doesn't mean anyone is insulated from insecurity-driven thinking. It could come from just the best background in the world, the best parents in the world, but going to school, maybe you were a slight child and others picked on you and teased you. Maybe you were overweight. Maybe you weren't as pretty or as handsome. A lot of influences create that state of vulnerability. And instinctually, since we are survival machines, the young child knew once, if you encountered these adversities, began to formulate ways to feel more in control. But these are misguided attempts. Now, for the child, of course, we can excuse it. We can understand that from a child's mentality, it's all hands on deck, whatever works. If worrying seems to give you some solace, if plotting out your life and anticipating who's going to be at school and who's going to say what to you and whatever it might be, the more we try to control life, the more we try to what-if our way through life, the more we try to protect ourselves from things that haven't yet happened or protect ourselves from our own insecurities that we're not able, we're not strong enough, we're not capable enough, the more you try to control life through the insecurity-driven habits, the more you'll suffer. Now, maybe it seems strange to you that I might be referring to anxiety and depression as coping strategies, strategies where you tried to control life. Well, anxiety, we try to control life by revving up the machine, anticipating, worrying, ruminating. So we become anxious because we're trying, we're grasping for ways to feel more in control. Depression, just the opposite pulls us away, retreat, leave me alone. So depression, that controls through disengagement, by shutting down, by withdrawing, and sometimes, unfortunately, even suicide from that which you perceive to be a threat that you can't handle, that you can't cope with. So it doesn't matter if your, your anxiety is trying to protect you by what-ifing or depression by withdrawal. Either way, you lose. Either way, you're being duped by the short-sightedness of reflexive insecurity-driven thinking. And that's it today. I hope that you are able to glean some both insight and motivation from the seven principles of self-coached healing. And if you get a chance, how about visit my website, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn a little bit more about my philosophy and take a look at some of my books. Or follow me on Instagram and Facebook and all that other good stuff. But until next week, 
Remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's really not an option. By definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. So do try to remember that everything's hard until you make it simple. So what do you say you join me every week and let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold